All right, I have an admittedly insane idea, but if I don't ask you this, it's just, uh, you know, it's gonna haunt me the rest of my life. What? Um, I want to keep talking to you, you know? I have no idea what your situation is, but, uh, but I feel like we have some kind of, uh, connection, right? Yeah, me too. Yeah, right, well, great. So listen, here's the deal. This is what we should do. You should get off the train with me here in Vienna and come check out the town. So, Parth, what have you been eating? Trentster. Um, Mr. Alcair. Nice to see you, by the way. You're looking well. It's all always a pleasure. Um, I recently had chocolate chip cookies that my brother made. Were they uh, were they homemade or was it out of like the dough roll? Tell me about the process. No, no, no. no. Trent, the Marates don't take anything. You know, we don't do anything halfway. My my brother started from scratch. He's a real chef. Speaking of cookies, do you know whenever you finish like a meal and you're like, oh. Now I just need something sweet. Um, so I finished lunch, and I needed something sweet, but we were out of all the standard dessert options, so then I got desperate, and the closest I could get uh, to sugar in my body was spare chocolate tr- chip in the cupboard. So I didn't get the full package deal of cookies like you. I just got, I, I just got one, a single ingredient. Addie, wait, you're our guest on the show this week. What'd you have? Addie's a local woman. Welcome. Thank you. Um, this morning I had eggs and then just a minute ago, I too had a cookie. It was oatmeal. Wait, which one? Chocolate chip. Of what variety? Oatmeal chocolate chip. Homemade. So you and Parth are conspiring against me. Mm-hmm. Addie, what's, what's your, what's your opinion on the, on the, on the cookie wars? Are you, do you, do you prefer chocolate chip? Do you like oatmeal and raisin? And this was some weird combination. I've never had an oatmeal and chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, that's that's my all time favorite cookie without the raisins. I think I I think I I would still eat it with raisins, but I would never personally make it with raisins. Yeah, I think it's good we all gathered here today to just uh, shit on raisins and why <laughs> anyone would ever think to include them in a cookie because you had such a good thing going, and why introduce. This new, this new variable, like well, a raisin. Trent, no I'm, I'm a big fan of oatmeal and raisin cookies. You can't keep slandering them like this. But you're gonna look at me with a straight face and tell me that you, if you had to choose between a chocolate chip cookie or an oatmeal raisin cookie for the rest of your life, what's your, what's your decision? I don't know. I really like oatmeal, like the taste of oatmeal. But you can still have oatmeal as a separate entity. Addie isn't. I would go as far as to say an oatmeal addict. <laughs> She knows a thing or two about cupped morning oatmeal. Am I wrong? You are. You're right. right. That's my go-to. Trent, how do we? How do wait, we you make wanna, this a segue? You wanna, wait, you want to start the show? Wait, uh, wait, wait. I, I mean, if you want, All if right. that's a thing you'd be interested in. We, we have a podcast. There's an intro. There are different segments, and it's time. And we have intro introduction music. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about, Trent? The movies. We have a podcast. This is our show about the movies. It's a film It's a film podcast show. Each week we talk about a film and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the movie. Last week we had Monica Petrillo, who was the script supervisor for our film for today, Before Sunrise. She was swell. And this was the first episode of the podcast that Addie listened to. Addie, did you think it was swell? Very swell. 
Excellent. And Glad she was, to hear it. I think the best thing about it was that Monica Petrillo was the script supervisor for our chosen film before Sunrise, but also that she was a delightful woman. I would agree. It was that combination that I think made the episode so well-balanced and well-rounded. And it, it'd be nice if you went and listened to that one, but also if you stuck around and listened to this one, that'd be great too. Yeah. Uh, so Trent, uh, does this movie have a synopsis that I can tell you? Like, would you be interested in that? Yeah, no, very. Tell me. A young man and woman meet on a train in Europe and wind up spending one evening together in Vienna. Unfortunately, both know that this is probably going to be their only night together. Little do they know, there are two whole additional movies. This ain't, yeah, this, this this ain't your this only, only night, fir- guys. This is, the only fir- this is only the first installment in the Before franchise. Just wait, just wait nine years and then another nine years, and we'll, we'll fill you in on the rest of the details. All right, first question. You- Describe for me, yes, I'm going to ask you. Describe for me your first sexual feelings towards a person yeah so this movie has a 95 percent fresh certification on rotten tomatoes uh it also has a budget had a budget of 2.5 million dollars and then a box office of 5.5 million dollars so um an economic success a financial triumph something like that enough to justify uh, a trilogy which sure. ap- according to what we learned with monica patrillo wasn't even the plan wait parth speaking of monica patrillo Remember how as soon as we end every interview, the interviewee says the most interesting thing and then it isn't recorded? Um, Do you remember what that was with Monica Petrillo? I don't. Monica Petrillo was asked to join the project because of her, she was from Europe and she understood German and French and all the other languages in question. And the opening scene with the German couple arguing she said she told us what they were arguing about. Do you remember what they were arguing about? Is there no subtitle? 70,000 Frauen sind dem Alkohol verfallen. Du bist eine davon. Das trifft mich überhaupt nicht. Wenn dir jemand dem Alkohol verfallen ist, dann bist es du. Schau dich doch mal in den Spiegel. Schaust du dich mal in den Spiegel? Bei mir hat es einen Grund. Ich bin mit dir verheiratet. Könntest du diese verdammte Zeitung endlich weglegen jetzt? I do not turn. Oh, uh, apparently it was about husband calling the woman an alcoholic and then the woman saying i'm an alcoholic because you're intolerable and i'm married to you and that was fun um can i do production history Uh, trent nothing would make me happier speaking of the fact that this movie entailed a production uh, here's the production history um before sunrise was inspired by a woman whom writer director richard linklater met in a toy shop in philadelphia in 1989 uh, Linklater wanted to explore the relationship side of life and discover two people who had complete anonymity and try to find out who they really were. It was shot in 25 days. It was shot in sequence. Originally in the screenplay, the city in which the people wandered was vague, and then Richard Linklater realized that um, it, w- it made the most sense to have it take place in a foreign city where people were like open to new experiences and stuff. And also, uh, he brought in, uh, he wanted to bring in a female co-writer named Kim Kazan, who played minor roles in Slacker and Dazed and Confused, uh, to give it, you know, a feminine side. Because yeah, and then uh, here's a quote from Julie Delpy talking about how her and Ethan Hawke rewrote most of the script and then weren't credited for it. Uh, Ethan and I basically rewrote all of it. There was an original screenplay, but it wasn't very romantic, believe it or not. It was just a lot of talking rather than romance. Richard hired us because he knew we were writing, and he wanted us to bring that romance to the film. We brought those romantic ideas, and that's how I wrote something that actually got made without really getting credit for it. But if I had written before Sunrise and been credited, then I doubt it would have been financed. 
and then it says, though uh, they weren't credited on this film, but they were credited for writing the sequels. Um, the actual screenplay was written in 11 days. Parth, do you have any fun facts for us? Because those were facts, but they, they, were, they weren't all that fun. Sure. Um, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy are the only actors in the movie that have names. Uh, the movie is supposed to take place from June 16th to June 17th, 1994. And a, a little tease of what might have been Gwyneth Paltrow and Jennifer Aniston's audition for the lead part. All right, everyone. Uh, would you rather have Gwyneth Paltrow or Jennifer Aniston in place of this role? Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. I concur. I agree. But these are both uh, Brad Pitt's ex love interests. You know, yeah. if you, if that interests you. Some. I, I mean, we liked this film. However, some people, some heathens on the internet, had something else to say. And we like to explore uh, those godless creatures in our segment called One Star Reviews. Um, Addie, would you do us the pleasure of reading our first One Star Review? This is a review <clears throat> by Jerry Hondovitz, um, May 29th, 2018. He says, I showed this movie to 16 people. Three were left by the end of the movie. Okay, so let's start with the fact that Jerry knows 16 people. <laughs> imagine, Parth, imagine if I tasked you, I was like, let's watch a movie, invite over 14 additional people. We don't know 14 people. I and, barely know two people. But, but even though Jerry... They're both on this call. But even though Jerry has all those friends, they're not... They're, first of all, they have no taste, because they all left in the middle before sunrise. And... If They're you, also not very good friends because why are they leaving Jerry's house? That's exactly what yeah. I'm saying. Is even if your friend picks a bad movie, you're just gonna be like, I, I don't enjoy the selection. Fuck you, Jerry Jandowitz. I'm going home. Uh this one is from Timothy English with the heading Skip This Movie If You Value Your Time. It was done on July 10th, 2014. Terrible movie with bad acting. The dialogue was boring and I recognized some of it as stolen from other sources. So the so. Fu- the funny part about this is that his last name is Timothy English. He's accusing the film of plagiarism, like as if he invented the English language. And I don't know who Timothy frankly thinks he is. It's it's a weird one because I'm not really sure. It, it he doesn't say who this is stolen from. Yes. And he also doesn't say conclusively, but he he just says it's he recognized it. So I I don't know. I don't know what this man's deal is. So our third review is by Richard May, and it's titled Very Tedious and Self-Absorbed. And uh, it says, if you like watching the clothes dry, which I've never, an expression I've never heard, it, you know, you hear paint dry, etc. But clothes? I've heard grass growing, but I've never heard. Great yeah. additional examples, none of which involve clothes. Um, so it says, if you like watching the clothes dry, the silly romance tale is for you. Personally. Romance in my own life is far more interesting than this drivel. So Richard May woke up and he said, I'm going to use the word drivel today and I'm going to rip a movie limb from limb. And he did both of those things. And I, I think we need to know what's going on in Richard's love life it's, if it's more interesting than this. It, it, beg, it begs the question, is Richard over-exaggerating and his love life isn't interesting or is he telling the honest truth? And Richard's story is just waiting to be told, in which case we should contact him and see what he has to say. 
I feel like he's got to be he's got to be a little bit self-absorbed because there's no way anybody watches a movie and is just like no normal person watches a movie and goes, this is not interesting because my life is more interesting. (laughs) Although I think if I've never watched a movie and been like. My life is more interesting than this because I think movies go out of their way to make themselves about interesting things. But I think it would be a problem because my life isn't that exciting. And so if I saw a film and my what I did yesterday was more exciting, I would I would consider that a problem. Sure, but I mean this isn't supposed to be like a I don't know. It's it's like an odd it's an odd statement to make. Well one one thing I loved about this movie is I was like I could like this every everything that just happened could happen and if this happened to me or someone I know, I would totally believe it. And I think that's part of the beauty. Yeah. Um well, should we get into our own opinions on on all these things, the screenplay, the movie, the acting. Yeah, I guess what we could say is that we're going to talk about what what's working and then what's not working, essentially. Yeah, because we're yeah. we're grasping at some level of uh, structure. You know, when, once you hit the 45th episode of the podcast, they say to really try to find your footing in terms of the different uh, segments. Now's a good time. This is a nice bridge. Yeah. <clears throat> This is kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, it's a little awkward. Um, <laughs> but it's all right, right? So, yeah, this is great. This yeah. is great. Let's go to some places. Look yeah. at your book. We're in Vienna. Let's go to some places. I don't know. I had heard of the movie a lot. I would heard a lot of people say that it's one of the best movie trilogies of all time. And then one night, I was like, I'm in a before sunrise movie. Let's go. And then I watched it. I watched Sunrise. And then I watched the sequels, Sunset and Midnight the same all in the same day oh i don't think i could do that <laughs> well it, it it helped it helped because they were they're all like relatively short so it was kind of like if you watch like four episodes of a tv show or something addy your first time watching this film uh, i only watched it because i saw your guys's podcast lineup and you said hey addy you should watch this movie and i was driving home from washington and i said you know what i'm gonna watch this movie and so I did, and I was I was pleasantly surprised when I heard there's a second and a third following because I I didn't know that. I strangely enough, I don't think I knew that there was a second and a third, um, and es- especially about the production of the evenly spaced release because I remember finishing the first and thinking, oh, or I, I knew there was another movie, but I didn't know about the specificity of it because I thought, oh, it's going to be picking up in six months, and I thought that that was stupid because I thought their lives are going to be in a very similar place six months from now. I mean, we'll get into this later, but I kind of think that this movie functions way better as part of a three-act structure, essentially, because as beautiful as it is to say uh, this occurs entirely in a bottle and they never saw each other again, and that's part of the beauty and it's left open to speculation, um, it kind of feels like empty and hopeless if if that's the end of their story. You think that if it ended at with this movie, it would be empty and hopeless? I I mean, it it would everyone would be guessing whether they meet up again, but it's um, that that's hopeful, Trent. Are you dead in the heart? What part? They they were, were they were gonna meet again six months from then. L- l- let's get this thing organized. We we can't stand here with this mindless chattering. Uh, Addy, you are our guest for today. Yeah, um, what's your what's why your don't story? You, 
why, why don't you tell us what you thought of the movie, what you what you liked about the movie, and then later what you didn't like about the movie. I really overall would say I loved the movie. I told many people about the movie. Um I thought it was I thought it was really cute. I my favorite my favorite scene in the whole part was when they did when they did the fake phone calls and they're sitting in the booth and I was like, okay, that was really cute. Um the ending was nice. It's like one of those movies that it's like that was really cute and happy, but it it kind of makes you sad, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. And a I- happy sad production. In my limited experience, I knew Addie was a sucker for rom coms. Thus the thus the recommendation. <laughs> mm. And she was lucky enough to watch it on a uh, a, a, a small iPhone screen horizontal <laughs> uh, while in the back of a crowded vehicle, which is ideal viewing. Uh, circumstances oh absolutely that's what link later intended would you be in paris by now if uh you hadn't gotten off the train with me no not yet what would you be doing i'd probably be hanging around the airport reading old magazines crying in my coffee because you didn't come with me oh oh actually i think I'd probably get on the train in Salzburg with someone else. Oh, yeah? Oh, I see. So I'm just that dumb American momentarily decorating your blank canvas. I'm having a great time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Me too. Tell me me some things that you like about the film, just just while we're here. There's something, very few movies feel as real with with their dialogue and characters as this one does. And... I'm a big fan of movies that sort of take place in um, very like a vacuum of time, basically. And it's just two characters or a few characters talking over the space of this short amount of time. Um, Movies like Steve Jobs, wink, wink um, for potential episodes. Um, But yeah, uh, so I, I really... I don't know. I I really really engaged with the characters and I thought that the writing for them was so naturalistic and uh dare I say it beautiful. And unlike Trent, I I <laughs> I don't think it would be uh hopeless if this if the trilogy were to end with this installment, but I I'm a very big fan of the the fact that we did get installments uh, to to follow this story. So I love movies that kind of like corner a concept in the way that I explained in a past episode about how Benjamin Button will always be powerful because it's like despite all its flaws because it's the someone aging backwards movie and this movie will always be the falling in love in real time movie and um I think the craziest part about it is how the next I mean not to spoil anything but um the, the before before sunset like doubles down on that and really does it like second for second where there are a few montages to show the passage of time in this film um but i think this movie doesn't work without the chemistry between the actors because uh it would just get annoying and having to spend so much time with them you have to like the characters and be rooting for their relationship to work out. I feel like there's a lot of different scenes that different people could identify as being a part of their or analogous to some part in their past romantic experiences or whatever. I I just think there's so much stuff that feels so real. And I think having the actors actually be helping to write their own dialogue and infusing themselves into their own characters really 
it goes a long way. I think after seeing this movie, it's not it's hard to not reference it in your own life when, say, you're breaking up with someone or you know, whatever it may be that this movie is always in the back of my head about the drama of how how nice and beautiful you would like your relationship to be viewed. Addy, are there any things you, you don't like, perhaps, with this movie? Or any quibbles, however however big or small? Not necessarily. I know, I, just, like, I tried really hard to think of things that I didn't like when I watched it. And the only thing, and, it, and I know it was part of, and it was just the specific scene, not anything like the movie production or whatever, but when they do the whole palm reading whatever and mm. and then jesse's all like blah 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 about it and i hate how he's such a realist in that moment and then but i like how like later on the road when they're doing when they have their first real fight that's what they fight about because i was like i didn't like that either and i thought that mm. was fun but like overall like film wise and or scene wise or anything like that not really i liked it the the palm reader scene and the poet scene are notable because it's like the two main times where they're interacting with like with with new Outside people parties. and those are the two scenes which I think work the least good. Um, but something I like about the the poetry scene is at, afterwards he wants to complain about how that is all a big sham too, like he did with the palm reader. And Julie Delpy told him prior, like, "Hey, I found it really unattractive when you did that. Like, you were being a dick." And then he just starts to go on the rant, and then he he he, he cools he, down. And then he cools down. Mm-hmm. Um, but something I, I will say in the in the not working category is, and a lot of something a lot of the reviews touched on is that the dialogue was quote pretentious, which I don't I don't agree and I don't disagree with because I think it's intentionally that way, and it's acknowledged that. Ethan Hawke says, oh, I'll be telling the same pseudo-intellectual story. So clearly it's self-aware. Um, but it's accurate because when you're 23 and you're traveling in a foreign country for the first time and you meet someone and you want them to like you, you're going to try to act really smart. And yeah. I think it's a little bit unrealistic how they're talking about death and God and high-concept love the whole time. Meanwhile, when I think hanging out with someone can be a lot more observational, like, hey, look at that, and let's talk about, like, I love how when they get off the train, the first thing Ethan Hawke says is, this is a really nice bridge, and then and then they acknowledge the awkward silence for the first time, which I think needed to be done, because otherwise it would have been too perfect. If you're not pseudo-intellectual enough to start or participate in a podcast, I can see where it can lose you in the first 15 minutes. I always make fun of it and stuff, but isn't everything we're doing in life a way to be loved a little more? Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I dream about being a good father and a good husband. And sometimes it feels really close. Hmm. But then other times it seems silly, like it would uh, ruin my whole life. <laughs> and it's not just a, a, a fear of commitment or that I'm incapable of caring or loving because I can't. It's just that if I'm totally honest with myself, I think I'd rather die knowing that I was really good at something, that I had excelled in some way, and then the 
because I'd just been in a nice, caring relationship. I think also part of it is unintentional because everybody working on that movie was kind of young at that point. So some of that was probably just their own attitudes coming out in the script. And I think it's fine for this movie, but it works better when it's viewed as part of the trilogy because you get to like that. that, That's all stuff that gets commented upon in the character in future installments. So I think it works. Something I think the movie does exceptionally well is as soon as I wanted to be like, this scene is too serious, it takes itself too serious, it cuts away to something intentionally non-serious. And uh, I think that intercutting definitely helps the momentum of the film. It has this nice level of nothing is too serious and nothing is too joking or, or humorous. It 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 l- maintains this level of realism throughout. It never becomes like, wow, the the dr- dramatic uh, tension is so much higher right now as a, you know, thing that's done by the script. It kind of reminds me of About Time, which is, um, fun fact, for a very good friend of of mine and guest of the show, Sophia Alexis' favorite movie. Very nice. Uh, I, a scene that I think is worth discussing and uh, is the when they're in the listening booth scene and it's just a few minutes of silence and watching their body language and it's intentionally uncomfortable but at the same time watching them uh, steal little glances at each other it's pretty nice what do you guys think yeah I like it I thought it was cute I wrote little notes when I was watching it today and I wrote listening booth scene love the tension and how they keep looking at each other This is uh, perhaps personal, but at the beginning of the listening booth scene, they, they they start playing the music and it's almost through personal experience. There's a a level of, oh, I'm going to show you this song or this movie. And then you put it on. And in the first 30 seconds to a minute, obviously, you're just sitting there quietly and nothing interesting is happening. And it's one of the most like tangible, relatable feelings in the world of almost feeling embarrassed for this piece of art that you didn't play any role in creating because you want to impress this person. And because it's not immediately stimulating, you're so abashed by it. Am I wrong? For a movie where it's all about talking, it's nice that there's a dedicated scene for them to not talk. And I think the movie gets a lot of attention for the script and the dialogue, but I think, and that's obviously the most obvious good thing about the movie, but I feel like it doesn't get, talked enough about their sort of physicality with each other because there's a lot of um good like physical acting in this it, it kind of feels like a play because it feels like you know obviously with their dialogue you're seeing them fall in love with each other but with their body movements if you track how they are in physical relation to each other they you so you slowly see them getting more and more comfortable with each other um like if you look at that scene where they're on the tram um that you you can kind of see like uh ethan hawk's character uh, jesse is like sort of testing the waters he's not sure like should he put his arm around her should he like touch her hair or anything and 
I think like obviously it's heightened because it's a movie, but there's something very relatable of sort of you know you're not 100 percent sure what's okay to do and uh, navigating that. And I, I I like that you can track that over the course of the movie. I think and 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 just while we're here. Let's talk about the cinematography, because uh, usually I have very little to say in this section, but boy, am I a sucker for long takes and boy, am I a sucker for walk and talks and uh, huge walk and talk fan. And uh, you get some good ones here. Um, some some and, n- notably long ones, like wh- yes. when they're when they're on the bus and they have the whole uh, what were your first sexual feelings towards <laughs> another person? And then that shot just goes on for like 10 minutes. And yeah. uh, they had to memorize all those words. And uh, it's really impressive. I know. I know. Uh, Jean-Marc Fleury. <laughs> Jean-Marc Fleury? <laughs> I remember we at this summer camp together. And he was a swimmer. Yeah. So, you know, I went to see him swim a few times at yeah. the swim competition, and he was so sexy, really, I mean, really sexy. You know, we kind of wrote these little declarations of love to each other at the end of the summer, and, you know, promised we would keep riding forever, and I, you know, meet again very soon. Did you? Of course not. Well, then I think this is the opportune time to tell you that I happen to be a fantastic swimmer. Yeah, I, the, I think this movie is really impressive in a way that's not, in your face it's not a one take where it's like the camera's fucking crazy and it's moving all these places it's it's a very simple two shot um of them just sitting on a tram but it 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 helps it it, it helps sort of suck you in a little bit more Addie, the scene you mentioned of of them in uh in the bar with the telephone scene one of my favorites also like there they're just using a a more seamless like shot reverse shot sort of thing and I think that works like just as well, and it it draws just as little attention to itself, even though it's a more standard technique. Do do we want to get into into the nitpick section? Sure, I know it's your favorite. I I have a few, and then we can go from there. Yeah, please. Something that's always bothered me. So you know the scene where uh, Julie Delpy wants Ethan Hawke to get a bottle of red wine, and he goes into the bar and he says. Can I please have a bottle? Give me the address and I'll send you the money. He doesn't take the address. And I really would like to believe that Ethan Hawke was going to be good on his word because he seems like an honest man. But he doesn't take he doesn't take Julia Delpy's uh, phone number to call her either. And he doesn't take this guy's address. Yeah. What's that all about? Also, uh, they litter the wine bottle in the park, which is shown in the end, end montage for. And I understand why it's there. But uh, littering. yeah i think my one it's not really something that i would actually want to be changed about the movie but i uh when my very good friend and i watched this movie uh we both really wanted to see what happened with the the play the cow cow show (laughs) yes and every time it hurts that they don't see it but i I understand it it makes sense that they don't go this is uh this is a play we both in and we would like to invite you. The actors? Um, no, not professional actors, uh, part-time actors for fun. It's a play about a cow and uh, Indians searching for it. They are also in politicians, uh, Mexicans, yes. Russians. Communists. Uh, so you have a real cow on stage? No, not a real cow. It's an actor in a cow costume. And he's the cow? Yes, I am the cow and the, uh, the cow is a bit weird. 
the cow has a disease. She's acting a bit strange, like a dog. If someone throws a stick, she fetches it and brings it back, and she can smoke with the hooves and everything. Right. Well, I, as we learned with Monica Petrillo, she said that those two uh, men were non-actors and that they had actually just run into them, and thus they didn't anticipate having to shoot the cow show. So I don't think the cow show really existed. But I and I like how they make a moment of we didn't go to those guys' show. Hey, guess what? What? We didn't go to those guys' play. Play? Yeah. The cow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. Oh no, we missed it. I I had something I think that this movie does really well. Please. I love it when they establish a location by just cutting between a bunch of different groups talking in foreign languages because even if they're not saying anything particularly substantial, it sounds really inherently entertaining because you're not being asked to understand it. Ring, ring, pick up. <laughs> pick up the phone. Uh, oh, hello. Allô? Mm? Vanice et Céline. Ah. Comment ça va? Ça va bien. Et toi? <laughs> Il m'est arrivé quelque chose d'incroyable. Uh, I've been working on my English recently. Will you want to talk in English just for laughs? Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's a good idea. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it for lunch today. I'm sorry. I, I met a guy on the train and I got off with him in Vienna. We're still there. Are you crazy? I have one more thing. Wait. Yeah, I have one more thing. Go ahead. This isn't a nitpick, it's a compliment. I really love the ending montage um, because, I mean, interpret it as you will, but my take is that it shows that, you know, uh, that basically they were never even there and that all of these places will exist before and after them, and it's almost like it never even happened, and like they explain how they were essentially... They're li- the craziest thing about it is how they were living it out on borrowed time and how they shouldn't be having this experience right now. And uh, yeah, I thought it I, I, I thought it was nice to and I, I honestly think it should have ended on one of the shots of the locations rather than them just smiling out the windows of the train. But that's just me. Yeah, no. And I, I also think that it's nice to have that montage of all of the locations because in the sequel the 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 sunrise ends with that and the sequel opens with a montage of all the places they will end up visiting so it's a nice little parallel there so would it be so wrong because we've all seen all three films would it be so wrong to do something of a ranking of the three are we are we going to talk about sunset or midnight uh, i was going to say i mean no 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 such episodes are scheduled uh, okay <laughs> All right, Parth, you seem reserved. And with that being said, um, tell us your ranking. Uh, my favorite is Before Midnight. Um, I just think that that one's... The, the, I, I, I really like Sunrise, but it's very easy to show people... Well, it's not very easy, but it in my head, it's a little bit more easy to have a movie that's like a, a sweet, romantic sort of people falling in love story. Um, and I think Midnight is most interesting because it deconstructs sort of what does that actually mean if you, um, if you if you choose to love and build yeah, a family it, with it, and whatever. If you follow through with what you thought was a, a one night fling, what actually happens twenty years later? And it, yeah, it, for better or worse, it's it's gritty. And then I think I like this one. Um, 
because I it for all of the reasons that I said that I like Midnight more. Um, but I think Sunrise is just so sweet and um, fun to watch. And it's nothing against Sunset, which I also really like, but it's um, I think I think I like midnight for being like a lot of time later and sunset is a lot of time later but it, the characters are same relatively sameish in terms of how they are compared to the first movie i don't know yes? i want to talk right now you by yourself are you waiting for somebody yeah i'm by myself and happy to be i'm an angry person and i hurt my kids my work and everyone i love oh, just my time Okay, I'm not in the mood. I came here to be alone. Hey, listen, I've just been checking you out from across the cafe, and I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but you are by far the best-looking woman in this place. Thank you very much. Yeah, and no, I was just, I'd love to buy you a drink, maybe talk to you, get to know you a little bit, you know? I mean, you're here in business? Okay, I see. All right, you, you have a boyfriend? Not anymore. Jeez, man. Sorry to hear that. God, you want to talk about it? I, I was thinking today about how... Before Sunset could go directly into Before Midnight, and it still functions. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could do that. But but I think Sunset is still a worthy endeavor. I, I think the only thing, I mean, I think the thing I don't like about Sunset is, in watching it, I'm like, not not enough time has passed to make them reappraising these same philosophical issues. Like, to make their uh to make their opinions that much different and so for that reason it felt very similar especially because it's two beautiful young people still walking around uh, another beautiful european city uh, i mean my ranking i'm afraid is the same as yours adi what's your ranking sunrise is my favorite then midnight and then sunset is that is that what, what what's the universal what's uh like what's considered the the, the fan favorite of the three part, you know? You have the Criterion box set. I do. Um, I, it's kind of weird. I mean, I think people on the whole think Sunrise is the cl- most classic of all of them, which is true. But I think if you were to talk to film bros, as it were, as they would actually say, I think, before Sunset, because I've seen because, the most amount because of... Because of the, the technical elements? Yeah, I mean, I think that it being fully, you know... Uh, in real time and um the natural lighting of it all um helps and i think people just really like how because i think the thing is sunrise is really sweet and midnight is very not like depressing but it's very real and i think sunset is the perfect mix of the two for a lot of people because it it's still a little bit hopeful in terms of well we can still fall in love and do this great thing and midnight is like what do you do once you've already done that? So I think that's why people like Sunset on the whole more. Um, so do we want to go into our first ever ratings gauntlet? Parth, can you, can you explain the ratings gauntlet to the folks at home? What we do with the ratings gauntlet is we give, we, we give uh, our, our decision of whether we would recommend this movie, what its rewatchability is, and um, our okay. own personal ratings. Yes, and and then our standard one to ten rating. So, Addy, do you wanna do you wanna do you wanna take it away? Would you recommend this to a friend? Would what would you rewatch it and then rate it out of ten? Okay, um, I would recommend it to a friend. 
I've recommended it to all my friends. How how rewatchable is it? Would you it? casually rewatch this film on on a rainy day? Is would would this be a film that you're reaching for? I think so. I think this film will go into like my pocket of ten to whatever films that it's like. There's a bunch of films that you could always be like. I could watch this and then there's the ones that are you comfortable and I think this is a comfort film. Um and I'd rate it out of 10. I have to say 9 out of 10. Whoa. Yeah. Added the severity of that statement. There are very few few <laughs> nines handed out on the show. There are, there are a lot of sixes and sevens because we try not to get too excited and we try not to not not to be too aggressive towards the films that people so graciously agree to talk about with us. But a 9. Look at you. Yeah. Parth, you really like the movie. Parth, give your yeah. give your gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've rec. I think did I recommend it to you, Trent, to watch? Yeah. Yes. So part. Yeah. So so here yeah. we are. So um, uh, yeah, I would recommend it to any and everybody um that has a beating heart. I think it's of the three probably the most rewatchable because I think it's Agreed. always the nicest starting point. Um, and then out of ten. I I want to say ten, but uh, but I you like need to movies. you need to leave room for improvement since you wanna since midnight is more. Uh, I don't know though because I feel like for what it is, it is perfect to me. I don't. There's really nothing I would change about it. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do it. It's I think it's like my third time ever handing out a ten, uh, but. I think it's a 10. Yeah, you you also give a 10 to Memento. Do you know what the other one might be? I think I give a 10 out of 10 to Spider-Man 2. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, you did. A uh, historical moment for the pod. Yeah, it was really... Uh, people didn't know what, what was going to happen. What Was I going to like the movie or not? But um, I did. So, yes, uh, I I recommended this film to, to young Addy here. So our, our recommendation... Wow, it's really a triangle of <laughs> film suggestions here. Like, I have rewatched this film. I did an hour ago, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But um, surprisingly, after watching the entire trilogy in relative proximity to one another, I between segments, I was so eager to see what happened next, especially between Sunset and Midnight when, I mean, I don't want to say what happens, but in Sunset, their relationship status is undetermined and then you're like okay we know there's another movie and it's not going to be about them being friends but uh i I, this is totally a comfort movie i like uh romantic comedies as much as i mean i wouldn't even this isn't considered a romantic comedy it's probably just a drama right although it's very romantic and it has funny moments but i i feel like that would be a weird genre to put this in yeah because then i feel like you're putting it up against a bunch of other movies that are way more wacky than yeah. this this movie is i think the humor in this film is very subtle which i like and also it's just one of those films you can kind of just turn on at any moment and watch for 15 minutes and see beautiful people in a beautiful city be beautiful and say and say interesting or kind of interesting things and what more can you ask for uh so with all that being said i'm gonna give it an eight because i like midnight more um mm. but i i I don't hand out tens. I'm not a ten slot like Parth. I've never, I've never even given out a ten on the show. Saving it. Do we? Are we closing out now? Or yeah, I would say the podcast is coming to a natural conclusion. Um, young Addy, uh, 
thanks for coming on the show. You're really delightful. Thanks for watching the film. Uh, about the future of the show, about upcoming oh, episodes, yeah. you can say hello and goodbye to our gracious guest, young Addy. You've got yes, options. Th- <laughs> thank you, first of all, Addy, for coming on the show. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, we'll cherish this time for the years to come. But um, for the future of the show, uh, I can say that we are going to be putting out our new slate um, of movies. Tell, and... tell people tell people a little bit about the slate. Maybe just, yes. maybe, maybe just next week. Yeah, well, well, I'll I'll give you next week's on this episode, and then uh, you'll you'll be seeing the slate on the Instagram after this episode comes out. But also, but, uh, this is the end of the episode where a little bit of information is 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 to, tends to be leaked. Yeah. So next week we're going to be talking with the cinematographer of Steve Jobs, Alwyn Kushler. Uh, yep. He was. Would you say he was delightful? Yeah. No, I would use that exact word. Um, and that'll come out next. Sunday, like our episodes always do. Generally tend to. At Parth, can you wait? Well, we dropped. What? What's an episode on the slate that we haven't dropped a hint for? I'll give a a tease. I won't say what it is. Oh wait, is this um, a tease for the fiftieth episode spectacular? This is this is the tease for our fiftieth episode, uh, on the show, um, our half century, as it were. Um, what's a coy thing I can say? Yeah. Be coy um, about it. Oh, wait, 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 I think I can do it. What? Think, Go. Think in the, Think about the director of Spider-Man, and then think about how... And the, and then think about how um, Before Sunrise is a trilogy, and then... Sure, yeah. Think about trilogies that Sam Raimi has done, and have we done, have we done any, like, zombie that- or horror movies that I can use to relate even further? To the film in question because it's the third film the conclusion to the trilogy. Well, let's say it's a conclusion to a trilogy that sam raimi directed and um and we we you know, may, may have, we hope may you have, stay alive for it yeah and we may have just talked with the second unit director i can't i can't make any guarantees i'm not here to make promises i can't keep but we may have spoken with him and he may have been wonderful it may have been a nice conversation i don't know i don't have a podcast yeah, you'll find out when our slate comes out. So, Parthenati, how about we meet back here in in a year? How does that okay. sound? Wait, six well, months? Let's make it six months, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so today is um, today's June 4th, so that would mean December... Well, when this comes out, it'll be June 6th. It'll be June 6th. All right, so December 6th at this time, at this in all of our respective basements... And we'll and we'll do we'll do a zoom. Wait, Addy, how what's the condition of your grandma? Does she seem to be in a stable condition? <laughs> do you think you'll do you think you'll be able to make it? Uh, my grandma's looking good. Um, how's your grandma looking, Parth? I, I mine's mine's looking fine enough. Okay, it's funny you mention that because both my grandmas are dead. So a death of my grandma bummer not, for Trent. Yeah, Damn. that will not jeopardize our ability to do the show. But if one of your grandmas dropped dead. Then, oh wait, we could reschedule if only we took each other's contact information. But it's 1995, and yeah, there's no way of we don't just want to like people. we don't just want to like write once or twice and then have it sizzle out and have it be all sad, right? <laughs> and so, um, give your grandmas a kiss on the cheek because they might die, and then you might not be able to meet up with your boyfriend with your cool American boyfriend in Austria. 
Um, but that's but that's just a little teaser and a before sunset. Thanks for listening, everyone. We have a podcast, and you just listen to it. Thanks. Please follow us on ins- on Instagram, on Twitter. Give us a good review. Wait, good. Addy, can you say? Can you ask the listeners at home in your most desperate, adorable voice to give us a review on Apple Podcasts? Just say like, pretty please." <laughs> All right, listeners at home, just feel free to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a nice review. Yeah, like pretty please, like we'd really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it would make us pretty happy. Uh, okay, so that's enough of that.